You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Greetings. Alan Seiler. What's up? And Veronica Daschle. Hey, yeah. How <laughs> 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 swish. <laughs> Veronica usually says, what's up? <laughs> I'm going to try and do a different one every week. Okay. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, I might end up doing something really weird because I have two of them in my head and they both come out. That'd be okay. really entertaining. Yeah. This is yeah. this is what the people listen for. Your least. ideas will get two vixed. Yes, <laughs> they will. <laughs> <All together. laughs> Ooh, nice yeah. one. <laughs> All right, Keith, you've got some Trek history for us this week. Yeah. So today's recording is May 6th. So I looked at what was going on in the week this week, like May 6th to May, uh, May 2nd to May 6th. And quite a few things were actually kind of going on. This week in history, if we go back to May 2nd, 1967, that represents the first time one Walter Koenig walked on to the show Star Trek, which we now call the original series. As those know, Koenig was brought onto the show for a couple of reasons. One, there's this whole youth thing that he was trying to, they were trying to get into the <laughs> at the time you had the whole thing of the Beatles and the monkeys and all that. And so he was brought on to kind of be something for the younger people, but also Russia at that time had complained yep. that Roddenberry claimed Star Trek was an international show, but there were no Russians on the show. Mm. And yep. you, know, you had you had Sulu, who was Japanese. You had Scotty, who was from Scotland. You had Uhura, who represented Africa. And so Russia raised a big stink. So they got uh, Walter Koenig and introduced Pavel Chekhov, um, who with his, into- with his Davy Jones haircut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So you have a twofer with him to appease the Russians and I guess to appease the young people. I don't know how that really how that really worked out. The first show with Chekhov that aired, well, the first show that aired with Chekhov was not the first show he shot, but the first show he shot were scenes from Cat's Paw. Mm. Oh. The, the great Halloween episode that I like, but so many people seem to think is a pretty crappy show. Yeah, but uh, Veronica named it as her favorite yes. original series episode. Yes. That we did our episode. Yeah, yeah, I think Alan mentioned we're going to do that on a Halloween so we got to yeah absolutely we have to (laughs) (laughs) on may 3rd in this week may 3rd in 1998 the voyager episode fear not sorry wrong year fury aired fury represented the last appearance of one jennifer lean who played Mm. kess on the series Uh, those who follow voyager may know that jennifer lean in real life has a really tragic really tragic um, history she has she suffers and suffered and suffers from um, some mental problems. She has had a lot of run-ins with the law. And I think as recently as a year ago, I read she had been arrested again for mm. problems she's had. She was, um, I think, I think looking at the show again, I think she was a really, really good actor yeah. and a character that wasn't the best character. And I never really thought it got its due. Uh, I think personally, one thing that really saddled that character was making her be Neelix's lover. And there was always that real creep factor. Or how old was she versus how old? You know, because uh, she was part she of She was one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that gets a little creepy. Uh, only in that, it's not that I'm against May-December relationships, 
But then there's one episode in the show where she was pretty much getting to a point where she could start having children. And that was really weird, almost like a, a teenage girl. And so I think a lot of people didn't like Kess because of the relationship with Neelix. And they never really managed to do much with her. I, I think she was kind of a wasted character. I, I wish I could see more of her. Yeah. I loved Kess. Me too. I loved Kess a lot. And and if if there actually is people who dislike her because they made her the love interest for Neelix, well, that's just unfair to Kess. I agree. I agree. She did a really great job. Yeah, I like Kess a lot. And I think that her relationship with Neelix would have been better, I think, if it, if it was more paternal on his part. That he, um, they have, they have more like he like had a, with Naomi. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. he had with Naomi. Yeah. Good call. And also that contributed, to, at least in the early years to that point, uh, it contributed to some people's dislike of Neelix because not only were some a little creeped out, but they also wrote Neelix ridiculously jealous of her. And I yeah. think there were plenty of reasons that people didn't like Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, also on May 3rd, back in 1996, the second of the Next Generation movies gets its name. When it went from just Star Trek Project movie number two, the name First Contact was officially imprinted on what will become the first full TNG movie. The first one, of course, with Generation Fixture. Mm -hmm. This was the first, and most people tend to think the best of the TNG movies. So I think I would probably agree with that. Yeah. So which, which, oh, yeah. which date was that? May 3rd, 1996. So that's when they got the name. 39 days after first contact day. Ah, hey, I never thought 20, about 29, that. 29. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. In May, on May 5th, 1922, a writer was born, one Joseph Stefano. Stefano? I think Stefano. S-T-E-F-A-N-O. And you may say, who in the world is this guy? Well, Joseph Stefano is famous for being a writer and producer on the first season of the original Outer Limits way back in the day, which is still one of the best science fiction anthologies I think ever aired on television, easily as good as The Twilight Zone in, in many ways. Another thing that uh, Stefano was famous for is he wrote the screenplay for a movie based on a book by Robert Block, another name familiar to horror and sci-fi and Star and Star Trek fans, Psycho. Oh, wow. Man, you say, why are you talking about a guy who wrote Outerlimits <laughs> 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 and Psycho? Stefano also wrote one teleplay for Star Trek. It was a little show called Skin of Evil <laughs> or The Next Generation. He was a horror fan and they brought him in to write the episode, which I don't think works very well with that mud slick, oil slick creature that ends up killing Tasha Yar. That is what that episode is most famous for. Is the well, I think I think Tasha. I think a, a, a better budget would have, you know, yeah. made it more horrific. Right. You can't win them all, Keith. Exactly. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and, it's, and it's first season, so <laughs> exactly. And, and, yeah, and it keeps coming. Now, on this actual day, May 6, 1955, is the birth of one Tom Bergeron. Bergeron. And again, like, why are you bringing up Tom Bergeron? Tom Bergeron is most famous as the host of America's Funniest Home Videos and Dancing with the Stars. However, Tom Bergeron had an appearance on two episodes of Star Trek, which I didn't know. He played an alien trader named Damar, not to be confused with Dumar from Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine, and an Enterprise episode called Oasis. And in the, was it the penultimate episode of Enterprise Demons? This is the one that dealt with um, 
Trip and T'Pol, spoilers for those who haven't watched it, Trip and T'Pol having the child. He played the Corridite ambassador. And on this day in 2006, the episode Demons that he appeared in was broadcast in 2005 on May 6th. So Mm. I never would have known that the guy from Dancing with the Stars had a Star Trek connection. I think he's one of those who was a big Star Trek fan and Ah. uses his fame to, hey, hey, put me in the show. Just put me under makeup. Yeah. Okay, that would make sense. And one last, because there's several episodes that aired on this day in history, 1996, the DS9 episode for the cause, which is the one where Mm. Cisco starts to suspect uh, Cassidy Yates, who may be a Maquis sympathizer. 1996, the Voyager episode Tuvox aired, which I love. That is the episode where Neelix and Tuvok get merge through a really freaky, trippy transporter accident and become a new creature. Mm. And that becomes a moral decision about does Janeway let them stay as one creature or split them apart. And probably the one of the best known seasons or series uh, episodes that aired in 1989, May 6th, the TNG episode Q-Hugh, Q-Hugh mm. premiered, which of course was the introduction of the Borg. And as they say, the rest is absolutely history. <laughs> yeah. And that concludes this week in Trek. Awesome. Thanks, Keith. You bet. All right. So we're going to take a quick break to promote one of our fellow ESO Network podcast shows. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll jump right into our discussion topic. So stay right there. Dragon Con 2021 is scheduled for Labor Day weekend, and whether it's an in-person event or once again goes virtual, the Dragon Con Report podcast crew will cover the con right up to the big event. So sit back with your bucket of brown, dragon's mead, apple pie, or whatever your beverage of choice, and tune in to the latest news, notes, interviews, discussions, and even a dragon tale or two on the Dragon Con Report, a proud member of the ESO Network. Check us out at dragonconreport.com. I have the con, everyone, so I'm taking over. <laughs> uh, so this week we are talking about pets in Star Trek. And um, a lot of people are like, there's that many pets in Star Trek that you can make a whole podcast episode about. But they're, they're, <laughs> We're going to find out. <laughs> there, there actually are qu- quite a few. I was um, yes. researching some of them. I mean, the most the one most people think of is going to be Spot, obviously. Um, and I... I, I, I <laughs> I said the dog to Chuck the other day, um, not not thinking about the dog from um, Lower Decks, but uh, an Enterprise. What's that dog's name, Veronica? The dog? I don't know. Oh, dog. I forgot. Think, 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 think D'Artagnan, Athos. Porthos? Hey. Porthos. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Veronica. Okay. Let me just say, Spot doesn't even make it up on my top 10. No. <laughs> really? Porthos is where it's at. <laughs> the dog. No, no I can't, there is I can't a, the dog. Yeah. There is a pet. The dog. The, uh, the yeah. dog is from, from Lower Decks, though. Yes. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, so, Veronica, what made you think about this? Because to your point, I, I, I busted my brain for a minute. And then you should research this a little more. But compared to so much other science fiction, Star Trek has relatively small number of pets. So what made you think about that? Um, just mainly because... A lot of the pets ended up being cats, and I love cats. Uh-huh. And it's not something that you will 
hear about talked on a lot of podcasts. So I'm hoping this will pull in some pet loving Star Trek fans. So you're saying we should tag cats and dogs and things and maybe they'll. <laughs> yes. Hey, what is this Star Trek thing they're talking? Yeah. About? <laughs> okay, there you go. So, so you shouldn't leave with tarantula then for pets. Uh, no, probably not. Um, I was, I was thinking through, um, the cats that were in the series and there were Mm. various incarnations of spot and, uh, I have a theory about that. Yeah. Tell Mm. us about the theory. Cause as we know, spot was played by several different cats over the run of next gen. So spot could look very different from episode to episode, but then I was watching lower decks and Tindy just made the dog from the, uh, down to the DNA. So I was like, what if data made (laughs) spot? Or maybe oh. made multiple spots or made adjustments to spot as he went along. Like, yeah. I kind of like the idea of Data just deciding to make himself a pet. I mean, he decided to make himself a daughter. Why not a pet? <laughs> yeah, Alan, then- we've lost you unless you're learning uh, mime. <laughs> there he is. Uh, now oh. that you're back, we got you. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, Data creating all these spots is what gave him. He practiced on spot yeah, to come absolutely. up with lol. Yes. So it yeah. could be. Yeah. Yes. That's a good See, point. Because di- didn't the Spot's gender change in that one thing that happened with Spot? Because I was okay. Then he called Spot he, but then Spot had babies in one episode. <laughs> I, I don't remember that, but you're probably right. He, yes. He's a he's that a space right. cat. Anything happens yeah. with space cats. It's a space I, cat. Well, I thought Spot was a boy at one point, but then that really that really weird episode, the one where where, where discover- Jordy's like babysitting him. To try and see if he wants a cat. That's um, the one you're talking about. No, there's another. It's the one where they discover that artifact in space, and it gets all funky, and they get weird in it. They get all mixed up in the moon god and umaga. Oh, masks. Um, that is a wacko episode. Was wait a minute. Was that no, no, no? It's, okay, is, is that the one where everybody starts regressing and Worf turns into a spider? And- no, you're talking. <laughs> What was that, that one? Um, is it evolution or Genesis? Yeah, or? yeah, that's that's the one I'm thinking of. There was one episode where Spot ended up having babies, but well, maybe in, that, in the episode where they regress, Spot turned into like a Gila monster or something, <laughs> or an iguana. I think it was an yeah. iguana. Still but, a pet. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Warp turned into a pet. That, but that's nothing unusual because Lassie, the famous dog Lassie, was a couple of different genders over the the decades of Lassies. There was a female Lassie, there was male Lassie. So we all they, know that gender is fluid. This yes. is true. <laughs> they were trying to subtly show that. That's exactly what they were planning. Exactly. I did. I will say I like. I did think that a cat for I, I, uh, my feelings about pets on ships is a little different. But I did love Brent Spiner's relationship with Spot because what better creature to give data than a cat that's kind of finicky? Like there was one episode where he's talking about nutrition supplement number whatever, and he puts Spot down and Spot just runs off. And I mean, Spot being like a cat just kind of worked with data because uh, it really made data work hard. And then I love the thing where there was one episode where Riker was literally looking around the corner because every time Riker tried to keep Spot, Spot attacked him. He was ending up <laughs> with scratches. <laughs> I loved it when Worf babysat or baby catted Spot. Baby cat. <laughs> baby <laughs> cat. I love it. Keep going to Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's going to be one of the tags. Baby catted. <laughs> right. All right. So what other cats were there? Grudge. Grudge. Woo! Exactly. Everyone's yeah. new favorite pet. Right. Exactly. It's nice to see cats back on Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, Neelix. And Neelix, exactly <laughs> yeah. right. 
Um, Who is um, uh, Barclay's cat, right? Barclay's cat in the Voyager episodes when he's doing the Pathfinder project and Mm. Deanna comes over to visit him and his little white cat, uh, Neelix. See, when you said that, I thought of just regular Neelix. Yeah, exactly. I, did, I did too. I was like, Neelix was a pet to someone. I'm sure he was, but what? Maybe Neelix was Kess's pet. Yeah. Well, there was one episode of Voyager where uh, someone insulted uh, Neelix by calling him Janeway's pet because of how Ooh, he yeah, always right. put so. <laughs> Yeah. So, Veronica, who's your favorite pet on Star Trek? Um, I mean, I think, I think I'm very much torn between spot and grudge just because I think I hope grudge is going to have more screen time and more story grudge will be back yes I mean obviously grudge could be back grudge is they too put popular too much social you. media effort into grudge <laughs> yes <laughs> but, but but TNG was was my Star Trek that I saw probably all in reruns um so Spot was the first Star Trek uh, animal, really, that I saw, not non-humanoid, that was reoccurring. That was reoccurring. I was going to say, because in a season one episode, we did see uh, Worf's pet, the, the Targ. Yeah, the Targ. Right. That's right. You'd heard about him, but didn't you, you saw the one and he's like, pretty it, impressive. Yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah. It was like. Loved it. It, did the, it was a like a warthog and they stuck stuff on it, right? <laughs> if I'm remembering Basically. correctly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not as bad as the space dog and uh, Mirror Mirror, the one where they stuck the little right. the, the right. poor little poodle and stuck the things on his head. There right. was there was one in the original series that was called a pet, but it's not really fair because it wasn't a pet, but it was a cat and it was Isis mm-hmm. from Simon yeah. Earth, mm-hmm. who was Gary Seven's cat. But she was a shapeshifter, evidently, because we saw for just a moment she transformed into a young woman on the couch. But the rest of the show, she was a black cat. Mm-hmm. That was one of the big theories about Grudge was that Grudge would wind yes. up being a shapeshifter. Yeah, that hmm. that would still be awesome. And that's still a possibility because there's yeah, there could be something about Grudge. Changeling. It, yeah, it, it could just be a cat. Yeah, oh, I guess. Well, you know what? That's the thing. They could keep us guessing for the whole series. And yes. Cat, right. Yes. <laughs> and we will never know because they don't tell us it's not a cat. So we can always assume it's Schrodinger's. It's it's Grudge's cat, cat, Schrodinger's grudge cat. I don't know. I'm, Schrodinger's cat. It's Schrodinger's cat because it's <laughs> always a cat, but it's never a cat. <laughs> the same alive time. Or <laughs> it's alive or dead. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So I have a question. If 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 it were allowed and if he did it, if Kirk in the original series had a pet, if Kirk had a pet, what kind of pet do you think he'd have? Do you think he'd be a cat person? Oh, yes. No, I, I say Kirk would have a dog or a horse. Oh, horse. yeah, horse. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, wow, that'd be wild. I mean, I don't know how well a horse could like <laughs> keep on the starship when there's not a... Um, not a pastors and and <laughs> and things like that and, is that and the, the the things where you go in and the holodeck, holodeck. There we go. yeah oh okay yeah no holodeck no but in I the end of the series they had a holographic recreation deck yeah oh okay we may get more horse action and strange new worlds because pike is famously a, a horse guy that would be awesome he was in the cage and then they had little horse decorations all over his cabin mm. um 
or his Good. ready room on Discovery. So we could potentially, I, I, now he's not going to bring one on the ship, I wouldn't think. But I wouldn't think so. He could stop you off know? somewhere with his horses or we could have horse flashbacks. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. Tango. That's a good call out. Tango, right. From yeah. the, uh, here I go. I was going to mix up the menagerie or the cage. The cage. Are, well, well both really them. both. Yeah. Right, both. right. Right. He had yeah. a horse, Tango. That's a good point. I forgot about that. Good callback on that. Alan, I guess I'm guessing that your favorite pet is Porthos. I'm a, I'm a dog lover. Okay. I'm a dog lover and I, I, I absolutely adore beagles. So uh, even if enterprise, I, I love enterprise, even if enterprise sucked and I hated it, I would have watched the entire series just for Porthos. <laughs> I absolutely love that dog. But my other thing is uh, on Picard, I was absolutely thrilled at number one. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, oh, my gosh. I Number one it. didn't get enough screen time, though. No, a lot in the first episode. You saw him a little bit in the second episode, and that was basically it. And yeah. that's upsetting. I need more screen time for number one. I heard that th that particular dog was a rescue dog. And yeah. there was a lot of um, lack of training, acting training. <laughs> there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, okay. He wasn't on Patrick's level. And they don't use uh, well, actual pets so much in acting anymore. They use almost always CGI because you don't have to train CGI. So You mean for the movies? <laughs> for movies, TV shows, like almost anything. They don't use real animals anymore for their... Number one was a real animal. Number oh, yeah. one was a real animal, yes. And Grudge is a real animal. Yeah. So that is yeah. very obvious. You can tell the difference, yeah. but... <laughs> Yeah, well, so yeah, I was I was really uh, the first uh, poster that came out with Picard standing in almost kind of like silhouette and the dog next to him. I was like, oh, my God, yes, this is going to be the best show ever because <laughs> <laughs> Patrick is, you know, he is very, very well known for being a dog lover, for being a rescuer and for mm. championing pit bulls. And I'm a fan of all three of those things. So, mm. yeah, yeah. But yes, Porthos is top of my list. Absolute <laughs> top of my list. So Porthos is top dog. I love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> my number two is O'Brien's tarantula. I'd forgotten about that one. I yeah. had two actually. I was doing a little, uh, you know, digging through some information uh, this past week. I had completely forgotten about the tarantula, and I, I love tarantulas. So no. I <laughs> that was introduced in um, that was introduced in what realm of fear when Barkley was afraid of going through the transporter and uh, O'Brien put the O'Brien yeah. actually brought the transporter the ten forward and opened it up on the table to show him how you can get over your fears and then he tells that nightmare story how when he was a young engineer he had to repair a communications relay on a planet where these I think they're almost like foot long spiders were natives and he had to basically decide to not do his job. Or get over his fear. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seems uh, like all of O'Brien's stories are like horrific. All of them. <laughs> Every story. Nothing, nothing good happened to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that book series of uh, the autobiography of whomever, there's a Spock mm -hmm. one and a Janeway. They have got to do a Miles O'Brien one. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And it would be like the darkest read ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would like have nightmares after that book. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's famous as the guy who suffers, right? Yeah, they, they love to make him suffer. And, and, and um, I always think about that episode, though, Alan, because 
I know what people say about such things like that, but I will say that psychologically, one time is not enough necessarily to make you get over something like that. Yeah, oh, so no, no, no. I, even if you could swallow it and do what he did, I tell you what, I'm not going to have a tarantula crawling around my house after that. But, I think the surviving the planet of footlong spiders would make me more of <laughs> opposed to spiders thank you yes. very much that's You're exactly right yes <laughs> exactly right absolutely yeah i don't i don't think i'm surprised honestly keiko lets him keep a spider in the in their quarters mm. she plans about I him mean, leaving his socks lying around i mean but she's a botanist and uh, bugs that can be a big part of that uh, as well right that's a good point I never thought yep. about that. now talking about dogs uh janeway had a dog on <laughs> earth right. not on the yeah. ship right. molly Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so we never really got to meet the dog. I don't I don't remember. I, I remember pictures of it and things like that, but maybe a flashback or something. But we never actually got any, you know, actual interaction with the dog. But beautiful dog. Oh, yeah. I said, right. Yeah. 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 I think it was in a picture with her and Mark, right? Yeah. Her and Mark. Yeah. Yes. The two loves of her life <laughs> <laughs> that had to move on. Right. Right. No, Janeway's somebody who probably could have used a pet on that Voyager, on the Voyager for the... Well, she had Chakotay. <laughs> <laughs> and Neelix. <laughs> and Neelix, that's true. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, what's the, uh, the, the biggest, most wide-reaching, most numerous pets that we saw on any Star Trek? Tribbles. Okay, that's not what I was thinking of, but that's a good answer. That's a very good answer. I was actually going a different route, <laughs> but yes, Tribbles is an excellent answer. I'm thinking of humanity. Mm. We're all pets to Q. <laughs> That's oh, <true>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Tribbles. Tribbles as pets. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's no, kind of how they were introduced um, exactly. in the series. Yeah. And these pets yeah. and they're cute and they purr. Right. And they purr. Right. They're, they're kittens, basically. Why would you want like a, a faceless ball of fur that just sits there and purrs? Oh, trust me. Well, that is the best part of a cat is holding this little yeah. fur ball, and it just when it stays right there and it doesn't want to like jump down or anything, and it's purring against you. No. You're like, oh, maybe because so I'm not a pet guy is why I don't get it. Uh, but that's all it does, though. I mean, yeah. you can't do a little lo uh, a laser pointer and have it chase it around the room. Right. Yeah. It just oh, okay. I just yeah. I, I'm just gonna like it, let it sit on my shoulder and purr. That's oh, all I need. That's all you need. <laughs> and Charles, remember to give it a scientific explanation. Spark theorized that the, the trilling sound actually had a, a specific effect on the human nervous system. Not just it was put, it really got on. That was the famous scene where he said he was immune and then right. he starts petting the control and everybody starts staring <laughs> at him. There's, there's actually, th that, that's actually a, um, a theory with cats is they not mm -hmm. only they not only purr when they're happy, but when to comfort mm -hmm. themselves. And so when they're purring and they're on you, that those vibrations comfort you as well. And that's why people like to hold purring cats. Interesting. Some people. Some people. <laughs> <laughs> if only dogs did something useful like purr. <laughs> I tease, I tease. They wag their tails. That's enough for me. <laughs> By the 24th century, when DS9 revisited them and more troubles, more, more, more uh, trials and tribulations. Right. Trials and tribulations, yeah. yeah. I was thinking more triples, more troubles. That's the animated series, right? Right. Um, didn't they kind of indicate that tri that triples were gone because the, the Klingons had yeah. that campaign? Yeah. Uh, when Worf was telling, uh, I, I love that scene. Worf is telling Odo with that 
that crazy Klingon pride that they had this great valiant uh, effort to eliminate the tribbles and, and, and Odo is sitting there looking like, are you kidding me? Basically that you're singing songs about this. You made this a, 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 a Klingon valor thing, but apparently <laughs> the Klingons went to the Trill home world and destroyed the planet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they annihilated the homeworld. Warriors hunted them throughout the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's ecological wow. warfare, man. Come exactly. On. But of course, by the end of the episode, the tribbles are back because of the oh, whole yes. time travel thing. So yep. off they go again. You can't ever keep tribbles down. No. That's right. No. And, and speaking of tribbles, just on that short tracks and the that we uh, watched or talked mm-hmm. about last week, when the again I had a I had some issues with the history and the science of that show, but that was such a hilarious show where that dude did the genetic engineering of the tribbles and uh, <laughs> when he saw the like the one lady getting swallowed up by the tribbles. I thought that was great. They were very much not pets in that one, though. They were for no. food. <laughs> yeah. They were food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now, uh, Keith, I know we, you had some strong opinions. I wanted to hear about um, bringing your dog <laughs> on a landing party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I know this is I know this is completely not popular, especially nowadays. First off, let me just say I love animals. I love animals with a passion. I just my parents are from the country and they just taught me that pets were animals. So I tend not to think of pets as people like some people do. So I love, love, love animals, but there are places I don't think they belong. I like the one episode where Archer, I mean, it's a funny episode, but every day Archer takes Porthos down to a planet and he lifts his leg to their sacred tree. <laughs> it almost destroys first contact. And at the end of the show, Archer's got to do that real, he's got to do that really funky thing when he's wearing some crazy feathers and stuff. And he's got to cut the wood. He's got to cut it up just a certain amount. And I just, my personal pain is like, well, you don't take a dog to a new planet because you don't know what they're going to do. So I just they may think it's that, food. Well, and that's a good point too. Or they may have bowed down and worshiped him. You never know. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just I just thought that um, I would have left Porthos on the ship for circumstances like that. Yeah. If you're if you're on a mission, yes, but you got to mm-hmm. let him run around in the grass sometime. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Can can so, dogs okay. use the holodeck? Can animals use the holodeck? Sure. Uh, with with but, human accompaniment. I mean, right, they but can't there's just... not one on the NX-01. No, right. Yeah. That's right. But they they see differently than humans. So. Oh, good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. But I'm sure it can adjust itself to its, you know, to the dogs. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just guessing. So here's here's my question: Is there an instant position? That's they they get like a, a rotation where they walk Porthos, <laughs> take him somewhere on the ship to relieve himself. Oh my gosh! You know, throw a toss a ball a little bit and then bring him back to Archer's quarters. There there's got to be. to be there's got to be somebody that that's his job on the ship. Yeah, yeah. So that be that'd be me. What's your, <laughs> what's, what's your role in Starfleet? I'm the dog walker. You're the dog walker. <laughs> in fact, I'm chief dog walker. <laughs> See, when you were describing that, I was thinking of like, that's like the worst job to have. Me Not too. realizing no, that you would see that as like the best job to have. Oh my yeah, God. I wouldn't see that as a fun job either. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and thought cleaning off all the fur was right. the best job ever. And it turned out <laughs> to be the best job ever for her in that particular case. But. So that's, that's a good true. point. Would you count... Um, Mares and uh, Dr. Tiana as pets? No, because no. <laughs> be- just because, um, I mean, I know cats are sentient, but not quite in the same way. Okay. 
Well, <laughs> because they're bipedal uh, and they can speak. Right. Or, and and yes. they're and they're members of Starfleet. <laughs> yes. They wear uniforms. <laughs> yes. <That's true>. Uh, <laughs> now, if I had a pet on a starship, it would be Livingston. Simple yeah, to okay, Yeah, that would be. I, I didn't think about Livingston. That's Picard's yeah. fish. Yes. Oh. Right, right, right. Yeah. So are there All any right, other so, fish in Star Trek? There have uh, to be. Just no. those weird fish people that Mick Fleetwood played on that <laughs> season two oh, episode yeah. of TNG. Yeah, the Zindi Aquatics. And the Zindi uh, Aquatics. And exactly. in the first season of TNG, there's a couple of weird references that never get shown, but they keep talking about cetacean ops. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, I, yeah. I never mentioned them. We've got to see that on Lower Decks. We have yes. to. We yeah. have to. Yeah. I mean, you can see it in any of the like Enterprise blueprints. It's, mm-hmm. it's right there. They really? have mentioned it on screen. They've mentioned it in a, a Lower Decks episode, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We have got to see it in season two. That's all I want. Yeah. Cetacean Ops. Yes. I want to see the dolphins. Yeah. I expect it to be like Sequest. Yes. Where you just go <laughs> right. in and talk to the dolphins. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What was the point of the dolphin or the, the dolphins? It's because they are better navigators or something like that. I thought that's what I had heard. That they they help they navigate. I thought that's what I heard somewhere. Because it's hilarious. Well, there's that too. <laughs> but I thought it was something like that. Yeah, probably. I mean, who knows? Right. Yeah, we'll but, have to see it to find out. Yeah. I, I actually I like Porthos, but yeah, to the point, I wouldn't take Porthos on uh, on any missions because you just never know what could happen. And then, like Veronica said, somebody may look at Porthos and think food. Now, now well, they may look you- at us and see food. So. <laughs> <you know. laughs> So, Alan, you said you like as an instant to walk a dog. What if you got on a Klingon ship and they made you walk their Targ? What would you think about that? That'd be fine with me. <laughs> Assuming you came back. <laughs> I would expect the Targ walker has a lower life expectancy. Exactly, right. <laughs> right. As long as I came back with all of my digits intact, I'd be fine with it. Okay. So I want to know, you guys are uh, a senior officer on a, a ship, whether it be captain or whatever, and you're on a long mission. Do you have pets? Yes. And if so, what pets do you have? As many cats as will fit in my quarters. <laughs> For me, no. The crazy cat would, captain. Yes. <laughs> yes. For me, I know I wouldn't take a pet on a ship. I would I, I would have fish, but I wouldn't take a, a dog or cat on a ship. My, my, sh- my ship would be full of cats just wandering around everywhere. Because <laughs> I'm the captain and I can say so. I would, wow. have a, I would have a, I would have a Beauregard plant on my desk. <laughs> ah, Beauregard counts as a pet. There you go. <laughs> now, an animal I love, which I think would work on a ship because of the corridors, is I love hawks. Mm-hmm. And if I could have a pet, I'd have a pet hawk. Okay. And I would love to see a hawk soaring through the corridors of a ship. Okay. That would be kind of... <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's an well, interesting choice. Yeah, I just love hawks. I, I think that would be kind of cool. And they could really probably make it work in, anti, in a low gravity and stuff like that, too. That would work better on like DS9, where you've got the yeah. promenade, yeah, where it can fly exactly. like Odo did. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. right, right. Well, or like there's a, a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sitting like, on your shoulder. <laughs> like like um, there's like a garden area on a lot of the ships. There could be like an animal area where the animals all hang out and spend time mm-hmm. together. Like a zoo. Like a zoo. Like yeah. a zoo. But like not, a- but not like a contained zoo. Like a. Yeah. They just roam free. They roam free. They roam free. You have to choose well, your animals carefully for that zoo, though. Yes. Well, that could kind of sort of work in um, a couple of areas like uh, 
to your point, stations like Deep Space Nine or generation ships or early mm-hmm. ships like um, like uh, Enterprise or even Voyager, where the technology might need to be supplemented by nature. So you could have all kinds of animals and even insects do things like fertilization for you. I was just going to say, so technology is augmented by the animals, which means that we're going to use their poop as fuel. Hey, probably. Go. <laughs> or just recycle it into the um, a yeah. replicator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would because right. that's what that's what all your food is made out of. Even your apples, it's shit. <laughs> which I know I'm not supposed to say on this podcast. <laughs> you are literally talking about a physical item, not using it in a. Yeah, I'll still bleep it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Veronica, to your point about uh, keeping a bunch of pets, there's flocks on Enterprise who have. Yeah, he does kinds. have all kinds of pets. <laughs> but are those pets though? I, I mean, I, they're well, there I think for they're more science experiments they, than anything else. Right. And they're yeah. there to, well, I mean, there are ones that he sort of treats as pets right. because they may excrete something that can be used as a medicine or they right. may, you know, but yeah, I mean, they're there for medical slash scientific purpose. He did have that one that, that pyrithian bat, then mm. he talked to it. I think of all of them, he treated it like a pet more than anything else because uh, he seemed to be rather fond of it, but you're right. He had all kinds of things. He had slugs and everything like that. And, yep. and speaking of um, doing a connection with pets, there was the episode where Porthos was going to die. Yeah. And and he actually used one of the animals from sickbay to heal Porthos. Mm-hmm. Wow. I hadn't seen that one, apparently. Or I have, yeah. and I don't remember it at all whatsoever. Well, let's let's see how likely <laughs> that is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> So, Keith, who, who, which pet is your favorite? Achaya. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I was, was gonna wondering bring when someone was going to mention him. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. going to say that a while ago, and, I, and it, the moment went by, and then I never came back to it. Yeah, Achaya, man. I kept forgetting the name. Cool. And a, a child is cool because when you and Veronica, this for you, that won't this won't mean this much. But when I saw as a child the uh, the Star Trek episode uh, Journey to Babel, Babel, where Spock is embarrassed by his mother because McCoy goes to Amanda and he asks, basically, you know, McCoy being a little devil, he is. He actually says, "I've always suspected Spock was more human than he let on." And he asked her, "Did he run and jump and all the other things?" And that's when she said he had a pet Salot, and McCoy says a Ceylon. She said, "Well, it's kind of like a fat teddy bear." So you get that little, that little <laughs> funny moment. And then McCoy is like, "I basic, I got you." And he's grinning. He goes, "A teddy bear, a teddy bear." And then Spot goes, "Not quite, uh, not quite, Doctor." On Vulcan, teddy bears alive and have six-inch fangs. So as a kid watching that, I couldn't wait to see what a Chaya looked like mm-hmm. or his pet looked like. And then, of course, in the animated show yesteryear, we saw a Chaya, but a Chaya. By young Spock's own words, was old and fat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was kind of cuddly. So I'd love to see a young, healthy, probably aggressive Salot. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I love Achaya. I love him. He was really cool. He was loyal in the episode. That's a really a spoiler for those who haven't seen it. But when he takes on the creature and ends up dying, that's a really mm-hmm. sad moment. Um, but that's probably my favorite. I think didn't they show Salot's? In Enterprise, when they were on Vulcan, the episode The Forge. Yeah, there were some wild sailots in the, in the yeah, Forge. Sailots. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I like them because they kind of sort of remind me of saber-toothed tigers. And I've always mm-hmm. been into um, I've always been into dinosaurs and paleontology, and I just love saber-toothed tigers. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's a great story, too, where, um, yes, yeah, so where young Spock has to choose whether to put Achaya uh, down or mm. let him live, you know, in pain. Yeah. 
a good good yeah. use of the Saturday morning format for Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. It really was. I mean, uh, off topic a little bit, but the animated series was so much more adult in the type of stories that it was telling. Absolutely. And, and, and some of the dialogue that it was using than mm. any other cartoon around it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. If anybody has not watched it, you definitely should. Mm-hmm. There Absolutely. are so many people to this day, Alan, I talk to, do, who, I frankly, for the original series and the animated series, you know, they're, there's no way it looks like crap. But, but yeah, I agree with you. That is such a powerful show. And that yeah. episode even had an awesome science fiction little twist because um, Spock's um, Achaya did not die. In the original timeline from which Spock came, that was a slight change in the timeline. Achaya lived before, and that's um, Spock mentioned it at the end of the show. So I thought that was kind of sad, but a, a very great episode. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We all sort of take a moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just play soft music and fade out. <laughs> I just remember Chaya doing that little whine, and I swear, I think it was James Duhon. It was like, ooh, ooh. And I'm thinking it was just a human just back there making this goofy yeah. little whining. I'm sure it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, other than than pets, some I mean, I know sometimes on Star Trek, especially, it's hard to distinguish which is an animal and which is not. Um, <clears throat> but uh, just, just like animals in Star Trek, um, like from other um, planets and even the ones from ours and that I'm thinking of specifically whales. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, following your train of logic, I think. Yes. <laughs> Other animals that have been portrayed in right. Star Trek they somewhere. They aren't necessarily used as pets because we have a lot of those here, but they're not pets, but they're mm-hmm. here. Sure. Yeah. Like the Gormagander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the name Gormagander. I know. It's a great word. <laughs> Well, if we expand it to that, Veronica, I like the um, I like the the um, the spacefaring beings in Galaxy's Child. Yeah, that's the one where the little baby attaches itself to the Enterprise, and Jordy and Leah Brahms, the mm-hmm. live Leah Brahms, have to work together to, to get it off the ship. And there's that whole there's a whole species uh, there's a whole grouping of them living in an asteroid belt. And those creatures were interesting because although one blast from a phaser killed the mother that was attacking the Enterprise. That creature was so powerful that within a couple of moments, she was going to destroy the Enterprise with her energy discharges, which I find just fascinating. Yeah. I, I want to know more about the creature that was um, sucking on the um, Cerritos <laughs> in the, in opening, the, in credits. the opening credits. Yep. Yeah, I want to know what that is, and I want to learn where it came from, and I assume it lives in space, but I need to know more I about what it actually eats. I want a Cerritos Hallmark ornament with that thing. Yes. On its yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Looks like what is it? Lampreys on sharks? Is that what the one? Right, kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. How about uh, Veronica? How about Khan's pet? Oh, no, eel. no. <laughs> it was cute. No, well, he even said that. Yeah, he said these are pets, right? Yeah. No, I I I have this thing, uh, and this is a trope people use a lot of the time. Is there's this thing that crawls down your back and attaches to you and takes you over, um, and I. I specifically remember this is going off topic a little bit, but it's related because it does the same thing on Buffy. They had those things that hatched and they crawled in their backs and attached and um, in the middle of the night. And I don't remember how old I was. I was probably 11, 13, somewhere around there. And I had nightmares for years that there was something going to crawl out of the floor onto my bed and uh, turn me into a zombie. Did you? 
Did you get creeped out by the gold on Stargate? Although they really no. showed doing well, that. See, <laughs> ironically enough, I did not learn about Stargate until Chuck. So mm. I didn't see Stargate as a kid. Uh, okay. Okay. But I probably would have been freaked out by them as well. Yes. <laughs> I didn't see Stargate either as a kid because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the uh, Star Trek episode conspiracy where those little worm creatures are sticking oh, up man. people's heads? What about that one? No. What I, a I great don't like little episode. Worm, that is a great little episode. Little things. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> when I was those first watching through Next Gen on VHS uh, and I would read the back description first and that one said, you know, something like Picard deals with a conspiracy in Starfleet and I skipped it because it sounded boring. And right. so eventually I came back to it. I was like, this is awesome. It is so <laughs> awesome. Isn't it great? It's still that old man it. kicks Riker in the face. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Man, I love that. It should have been the finale of season one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and still, they also should have picked up that storyline later on at some point. Very absolutely. true. Absolutely. And still one of the most graphic scenes in all of. Oh, yeah. When they blew what's his face's head open. Yeah. Yes. That was awesome. <laughs> Speaking of creatures that um, attach to you and change you, that little creature that was on Boimler. What was it called? Some kind of parasite. Oh, uh, yeah. They yeah, never, yeah. Did they never name it? They never named it? I don't know. Probably, but it wanted love. It wanted it, love. Right. That's all it wanted. And, and, and who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what about tardigrades? Oh, oh. yeah. Animals, animals that aren't pets. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But maybe you could say that Lorca was treating one as not a nicely, but yeah. keeping it as a pet. It was definitely yeah. keeping it as a pet. The way a mirror universe person would. Yes. There you go. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, if I'm going to circle back to something you mentioned, Alan, because I think one of the things we talk about, like um, we talk about pets, and I guess most people would think that most people think that things you call pets are quote unquote sentient. At least I mm -hmm. do. So I think I know dogs and cats are intelligent. I don't know that I call them sentient. Right. If I thought they were sentient like me. I wouldn't keep them as pets. But you made a very good point because in the original series, uh, the Squire Gothos, mm. Trelane, who has been retconned as a Q, um, mm. When, well, not officially. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. They, they kind of sort of say it when at the end, when his parents showed up, even though they were polite to Kirk, they literally told Trelane, if you can't take better care of your pets, you're not going right. to have it anymore. So she was calling Kirk a pet. Right. Which is, yeah. you know, which is wild. And, but, and, and that's always a weird thing to me because, yes, these people are obviously eons evolved among us, but you still have beings who can create warp driven starships. But to them, they're still pets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, well, uh, in the animated series, the uh, and I cannot remember the episode, the one where the big slug monsters keep the Enterprise crew basically yes. as as zoo exhibit. Yeah, that's yeah. the ambergris element. Ambergris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, wait, that was the underwater one. Um, I should know that one. Yeah, oh. the ambergris element was the underwater one. Yeah, the slaver. No. No, not no, slaver. Oh, oh, slaver's my favorite. I'll, I'll come up with it in a minute. Oh, I know yeah. you will. He'll just randomly like, blurt it out while we're talking yeah, about something I'll, else. I'll, I'm or I'll wake her up at 3 a.m. <laughs> and add an addendum at the end while he's editing. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That was a good point. They put them mm. in the zoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and until, the they, until they figured ahead. out, until they had to figure out some way to communicate with these things and, and let them know, yeah, we are intelligent too. We may right. be stupid, you know, on your level, but, you know, anyway, go ahead, Veronica. Sorry. Um, so Intendant Kira in the Mirror Universe, she, she almost everyone was a pet to her. That's true. 
Because she's, I didn't she literally call people pets all the time, like almost everyone. She had Garrick on a leash. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a so, pet owner. Yeah, she was. She was. Ugh, yeah, I didn't like the intended, but you're right. She was. Oh, she I loved her. her. I didn't. Okay, I didn't, I didn't like yes. her as a person, but I love uh, the character. Absolutely. I always uh. thought. I always thought sticking to mud time. I thought she was too over the top as a character. So she actually just got on my nerves. Actually. It's the mirror universe. You got to go over the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> they should team her up with Emperor Giorgio. Yeah. And eat, <laughs> and eat Kelpians, have served Kelpians for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and Empress Sato. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Three generations of mirror universe rulers. <laughs> so question, you said that uh, you thought Kirk would be a dog person. What about Cisco? Cisco very, mm. very clearly seems like a dog person to me. I think so too. He yeah. Seems yeah. Like a wolf person to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> got a timber wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Mm. And then who else do we have? We got Picard who has a dog. We had Jane Lee. We know who had a dog. Um, what, am I, what about Burnham? Would Burnham even want a pet? Is she emotionally able to have a pet yet? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she just seems like that type. She's got so many emotional issues she's dealing with. I wonder if she could even keep a pet. Well, I feel like she would She would go off on a mission and forget to feed it. Yes. So Tilly's be taking care of her pet the whole time. <laughs> right. Yes. And Tilly's apparently not a cat person. Apparently, yeah, it's very true. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. That was a good scene with Tilly and Grudge. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I love that so much. <laughs> right. And I'm oh. betting that whole cat climbing all over her and jumping all around was not planned. And she was yeah. just having to go with it. Right. <laughs> Most I'm, likely. I'm looking forward to the, to the commentary on that from her. And the outtakes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Trying to do the scene and the cat won't let her. Yep. What about, um, well, Spock had a, spe- a pet. Do Vulcans have pets as they get older or do they just grow out of it? And that's illogical because I've never even heard of a Vulcan having a pet past Spock with a sailor. Hmm. I tend to think they probably, I don't know. Do you think Vulcans would have pets as adults? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like they would need to serve some function. Yeah. <laughs> Logically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of wonder about that too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a Vulcan I- might be embarrassed if you call him petting a cat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nah. Or maybe Kirk was so. his pet. <laughs> oh, yeah. For Vulcans, I see fish. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> they have like this fish tank of all these different kinds of fish that live together in perfect harmony and have no or like troubles an ant at all. Colony or Ooh. beekeepers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point. And they're quiet. They don't. They don't. They don't uh, raise a fuss, and so they don't they can, require much maintenance. Exactly. They could just especially when you're in the future and you don't have to clean the tank every month, right? Or more. Yeah. They could just contemplate them, right? And if it's a big enough fish, you can mind meld with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you would do from that point, but so speaking of which, did any of the Vulcans mind meld with animals? I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Which mm, I mean, spot. okay. Other. Oh you know, yeah. Other than the um. The horda. Horgon. Horta? Hor- oh, I always God. get those backwards. I got Horgan. those backwards when we were talking about the episode. I always, always do that. Horta. Nice. Yeah. And the whale. And he, right. with Gracie. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's right. Spock was the most indiscriminate mind melder I've ever seen. But of course, he had to be. He, he mind melded everybody. He mind melded with the, um, I forgot about the whales. I can't believe that. 
the Horda, Nomad, so a robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, and the, the, anime- the big cloud thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That was actually a good one. He did that. That was a good one. Um, Feature. The, right, the, the right. Point. Wow, right. <laughs> so he can mind meld with things that don't even have minds. Yeah, that's a very good point. A tree? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. You never know. You know and that opens up an interesting co- uh, topic uh, real quick. When you talk about, uh, Veronica, good point about Spock mind melding with animals. There was the episode of the Next Generation, I think it was Pen Pals, where, was it Pen Pals? It was, it was the one where Troy comes into the holodeck and Picard is riding a horse. Mm-hmm. And he asked her about betazoids, and she said, betazoids don't have pets. And he said, I thought that betazoids basically would love, be good at pets. And she said that they tend to get too wrapped up in the pets, almost like they kind of empathically meld with them. Mm-hmm. And so they don't keep pets for that. And I thought that was very interesting. I'd forgotten about that. That's a, yeah. That was yeah. a really, really interesting uh, character note. Did hmm. they have any pets when, um, in Picard when he went to visit them? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. The only thing they had were rabbits that they turned into sausage for their pizza. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I always thought that was, I thought that was a real interesting thing because I used to love that series um, and concept, the movie more than the series, the Beastmaster. Mm. And in that movie and the series, you know, the Beastmaster, he had a, uh, an empathic or really almost a telepathic connection with his, with his animals. There was the eagle, the wolf, those little ferrets or whatever. And he could kind of see, he could see through their eyes and sense what they sense. And I thought it was interesting, which in a way that makes sense. I could see that if like think about if you're a betazoid, you're highly sensitive and you form an almost unwilling bond with a targ and you feel its rage, mm-hmm. something crazy like that. So I guess mm-hmm. I, I thought that was kind of an interesting concept. I never really Absolutely. thought, about, you know, the negatives of that potentially. Yeah. 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 Kind of like in Ten Man with that. Was he, oh, I think he was a Betazoid. Um, yes, when he, he was. was living in that space creature. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, gone too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and they ended up melding and right. they went off into the universe together. Yeah. Imagine that happening with a dog. You know, you and the dog just <laughs> running wild. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Also, so all of a sudden you're a, you're so you're at work and all of a sudden you just yell squirrel, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, like I don't. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you're trying to work and you can sense your dog at home, you know, is hungrier. <laughs> right. <laughs> like an ET thing going on. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, Alan, where can people find more of you on the internet? Assuming anyone would even want to, they can <laughs> they can find me at cosmicpress.com. Uh, K-O-Z-M-I-C Press. Uh, we have a Facebook page and a, 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 a website. You can visit us there. Uh, my YouTube show on Sunday nights, uh, music topics. Uh, we just did one uh, remembering Jim Steinman. Uh, we've got ones coming up pretty soon about uh, Rush, the glory days of record stores, all kinds of things. So it's a, it's a fun show. And uh, virtual Hulanta is coming up very, very soon, probably about the time this episode comes out. So you can catch us at uh, hulanta.com or search Hulanta on Facebook pages and groups. Uh, you mentioned Rush, the rock group Rush? Yeah. Love them. Love Rush. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you, Keith? Uh, you can find me. I have an Instagram, but mostly find me on Facebook with all the ESO networks. And that's where I am active quite a bit. And before I forget real quick, I had to be holder was the show we we're talking about. Hey, thank there you. There you go. I'm going to give myself a <laughs> blood clot trying to think of that. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
And how about us, Veronica? FeltNerdy.com, nerdy Star Trek and Doctor Who puppets. And speaking, uh, since we were talking about pets today, uh, you can find a video of us on YouTube and see um, our Tribble bit where they nice. dance to, awesome. all ki- to all kinds of um, songs that, that, that are, have the word trouble in them. No, that was on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, that's well, that's our recording where we attempted to record it and then the camera just shut off oh, <laughs> halfway through the show. Oh, and wow. we didn't know because we don't have anyone else over there manning it. Yeah, right. We do uh, have dancing triples that show up. Sometimes. Yes, dancing triples <laughs> <laughs> with, with props, with props. So check that out. Dancing triples with props. Nice. All right. Awesome. All right. I have one very important thing that I need to do before we end okay. this okay. show. Okay, ready? Okay. This is a dramatic reading. Okay. Oh, Spot, the complex (laughs) levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array. Well played. And and though you are not sentient, Spot, and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. (laughs) Oh, the Spot. Oh, good. Good job. (laughs) Well played. That was good. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.